Dear congregation, this morning in this morning service I want to focus on Psalm 92, the Sabbath song. We're beginning uh, singing this psalm this morning. And in particular, we want to focus on verse 12, where we read, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Point. That's the end. So, the first part of this verse. Our theme this morning is the Christian like a palm tree. And we reflect on four thoughts. First, the place. Where does the palm tree grow? Where will we find him? Then, in the second place, the source. We will answer the question, where does that palm tree get its food, its moisture, its water? And then, in the third place, the upward growth. And in the end, we will finish with fourth thought, the fruit of the palm tree. So, four aspects of the palm tree, the Christian like a palm tree, the place, the source, the upward growth, and the fruit of the palm tree. Children, it may be a little bit strange in your earth when a reverend is preaching about a tree. Preaching about a tree. He has to preach about the Lord, about Jesus Christ, and about people, sinners, who have to be cleansed by the blood of Christ. A tree? A tree cannot be converted. No, it's, it's not necessary. A tree has no soul. That's right. But in the Bible, the tree gets a very important place. It's the beginning of the Bible, and when we can read about a tree, and at the end, we again read about a tree. The beginning. We read about two trees in Genesis. Lord said to Adam, this is a tree of knowledge. A tree of knowledge. To know what is evil. To know what is death. The tree of knowledge was the gate to the darkness. It was like the Lord said to Adam, if you take fruit of that tree, you will open the door to the darkness, to Satan, to sins, to separation with me. 
You will become against me. And then you will receive the death. Spiritually. But also with your body. You will die one time. And then there will come a death forever. Everlasting death. Instead of everlasting life. Eternal life. And we know what Adam did. First his wife, Eve. Satan said to her, Aren't you allowed to eat from all the trees in paradise? The intention was, how bad is your creator? God. He's only thinking to himself. He isn't merciful. He isn't giving you good things. So we wanted to change the mind of Eve. And after that the mind of Adam. A change in mind regarding who is God, who is the Lord, who is our creator. And the woman said, If unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. That's correct. But her ears are opened to listen to the serpent, to the satan. And the serpent said unto the woman, He shall not surely die. God is a liar. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. That's correct. Your eyes shall be opened. But to see death, to see evil, to see darkness, your eyes shall be opened. Be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And then the woman Eve, she, she takes the fruit and she eats. Also Adam. And then the Lord says they have to go out, out of the paradise. So he drove out the man, really, we read, because the Lord said 
that they were not allowed to eat from the living tree. The Lord said that he was not allowed Adam either Eve to take also of the three of life and eat and live forever. Then we go to the end of the Bible to the last chapter Revelations chapter 22 there I read and he showed me a pure river of water of life clear of crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations till so far so we see two trees in Genesis and in the Revelations and in the midst of, of the Bible in the Song of Solomons we also read about an apple tree and that's Jesus and he is also the tree about which is spoken in, in Revelations the living tree and in Psalm 92 it's not about Jesus and not about the sin not about darkness but about the real Christian the righteous about him and her the righteous the poet sees the Christian you can compare him or her with a tree with a palm tree who is he who is that person I will give you the answer it's the answer that we find in Lodge Day 1 of our catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism. What is thy only comfort in life and death? And then, then the Christian is speaking. That I with body and soul both in life and death am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ who with his precious blood hath fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my heavenly father not a hair can fall from my head yea that all things must be subservient to my salvation and therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me sincerely willing and ready henceforth to live into him. That's the person in Psalm 92. That's the righteous person. That's the person where 
about the poet's rights. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Where do you find the palm tree? Yeah, you will find the palm tree, uh, I, I think, uh, sometimes in, uh, in a swimming pool. Then they are planted in baskets. But that's not what, what the poet is meaning. He's thinking about a palm tree in the desert. And, and that's, that's wonderful. A palm tree in the desert. Children in the desert. There's nothing. There's no rain. There's no water. Although you, you, you can see you can see a waterfall like you have here in the Fraser Valley. Uh, there's no river. There's no food. It's very dry and hot. But you will find there palm trees in the desert. Yeah. There's a light for also meeting a group of palm trees and oasis. It's the image of the church, church with a capital, the people of the Lord, the converted people, the regenerated people. And, and the poet tells us that their place is in the desert. They are not in heaven. And every day, they will, they will see that. They will feel that. They will experience that. We are not in heaven. We are in a valley of tears. There's sorrow. There's disease. You will be left by beloved people. The valley of tears. But the Lord says you have to stay here. And you have to do my will. Thou, thou will be done. Will be prayed in heart. Will be our confession. We don't have to become a monk like some people did in the past. No, we are in the world, Jesus says it, in that, in that very nice praying, that heart-touching praying, touching as the high priest, Lord, Father, I don't pray you to take them away, but, but that they have their place in the world. But they are not from this world, of this world. But you are in the world. The disciples were in this world. Where sickness and sorrow and worry are doing our jobs. And we take our responsibilities. We have to participate in business, at, at universities, in factories. 
and in social life. Yes? There is a distance. The real Christian, the true Christian, will say, I'm not home. I'm a stranger on earth. I am a pilgrim. Maybe, children, you, you know the book of Bunyan, the pilgrim's progress. Traveling through this world. A stranger. McShane was singing. Jehovah Tzitkanu, my treasure and boss. Jehovah Tzitkanu, I never can be lost. In thee I shall conquer. By flat and by field, my cable, my anchor, my breastplate and shield. Even treading the valley, the shadow of death, this watchword shall rally my faltering breath. For well from life's fever, my God sets me free. Jehovah, it can on my death song shall be. That's the pilgrim singing. That's what we read in the letter to the Hebrews. We are pilgrims. We are on the way. Like a shoemaker said. When he was asked, what are you doing every day? What's your job? Children, listen what he said. What he said. He said, I'm traveling. I'm traveling. To Emmanuel's land. I'm traveling to my Lord. And on the way, I am repairing shoes. Is that also your confession? Fathers, mothers, employees, employers. I'm a butcher. No. I'm a pilgrim, and on the way I'm a butcher. I'm a pilgrim, and on the way I, I am I'm a farmer. I'm traveling, and on the way I'm repairing trucks and cars. I'm traveling to my home, my fatherland. And on the way I'm a teacher. I'm traveling, and on the way, I'm a pastor. So far, our first thought. Now, we will continue, and we will listen to the second point of thought. The secret. The secret of the palm tree. It's about the source. Yeah, the palm tree is a secret. <laughs> Maybe you recognize that. That there are secrets in life. In particular, spiritually. Once an old reverend asked me, and I told him that the Lord was calling me to become a reverend, Oh boy, tell me, tell me, 
without a secret to become saved. Do you know that secret of conversion? Do you know the secret to be reborn, born again? You know that secret. So the palm tree has a secret. But when you see that that palm tree in the desert, you are asking yourself, how is it possible that there can grow a lot of palm trees in the midst of the desert? There's no rain. There are no rivers, no waterfalls. How is it possible? That's the secret about which the poet is thinking. Planted in the in the desert. The Lord says, I have put all my children in the desert. I've planted them in the desert. But they are living palm trees. My people, the Lord says, are living people. Are living Christians. What's the secret of the palm tree? You can see it with your eyes. Boys, girls, you can see. You can look, but you will not get the answer. What you have to do is to dig. And then you have to dig very, very, very deep. Maybe 20 meters? 30 meters? What will you find when you will dig? What will you find here in the, in the soil, in, in the earth, when you will dig? 50 meters, I heard, 60 meters maybe? What will you find there? Water. A well. A, a lot of people, I think, who are irrigating uh, their gardens, uh, they have such a well, but you have to dig very deep. That's also what, what the palm tree is doing. It has roots, congregation, so long. 20 meters, 25 meters, 30 meters. And that root will find water in the desert. And that water symbolizes life. Without water, no life. That's why the Israelites were so delighted when they when they met the oasis in the midst of the desert. And that's also what we read in, for example, the prophet Isaiah 55. Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. That's what we read in, in Psalm 42. My soul 
first for God. Next Sunday, if the Lord will give us, I will preach about the living water. So I will do it now a little bit limited. Water. We need water. Living water. Except water, we, we cannot live in this world and we cannot die. Not, not as a comforted man or woman. We need water. We have to drink water. Water has a lot of functions. It's refreshing. It gives life. It's cleansing. It's fruitful. It's binding. It's making soft something. You read it in the Belgian confession of faith. It softens my heart. Water. So necessary. And that's exactly what the Lord wants to do with those hidden springs. With that hidden water. He wants to show who he is. He is the fountain. The well. He is the open fountain against sin and impurity. We read in one of the prophets... In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Remember the history of the Samaritan woman. That's such a touching history. And conversation between a sinner and Jesus. Always become wake, weak. And, and I get tears in my eyes when I read that. How the Lord is dealing with that person. With that sinner. You, you know, I think, what happened... It's written by the Apostle John. But Jesus sitting down close to a water well. He is thirsty and he's waiting for his visitor, a sinful woman, a child of Adam. He's waiting for her. His father is waiting for her. The Holy Spirit is waiting for her. She's an elected person. And she shall be saved. She has to be converted. And she has to be a Christian. To become a Christian. To become a reborn human being. That's why the Lord is waiting for her. Um, by the way, do you believe that he's still waiting for people? That he's watching you this morning? And, and that people will touched by his word, by the gospel? 
Did it already happen in your life? Are you still an Adam's child? Not converted, dead in sins? Or did he touch your heart? Did he came in your heart? Did he live in your heart? Like he did with the Samaritan woman. The Lord starts conversation. And he asks her, please, do you have some water for me? Can you take some water out of the well because it's very deep? I can't do it. I have nothing to do that. And then the woman says, no, 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 no. I don't like you. You're a Jewish person. We don't like you as people. Neither you love Samaritan people. Now, Lord Jesus, what is he doing now? Calvin, John Calvin, gives us a very nice picture of this. Calvin says... Jesus is using two water pots, two cups. On the first water cup is written glory, glory. Glory, yes. But Jesus is uh, speaking about what he can give. He says to that woman, If you would have known who I am, who I am, you would have asked me, yeah, yeah, you you would have begged me, you have you would have prayed for living water. Because I have living water. Whosoever drinketh of this water, wherefore she was coming, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him as a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. If you will drink this water, oh, women, you will never die. That's what Jesus is meaning. You will never die. Now, not spiritually. You will die maybe one time, unless Jesus is coming earlier back to earth. She will die, but, but, but that's not the end. It's not the finish. There will become an everlasting life. For always, always living. In communion, communion with, with God. With the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. It's re- we join 
forever. It's coming in the glory that never will end. And, and now I have to say a lot of things with the word no before it. There will be no sorrow. There will be no tears. There will be no disease. There will be no disabled person. There will be no funeral. There will be no sins. There will be no devil. There will be no danger. Nothing. Nothing at all. No. You will find it never anymore. Then the women's answering. And she says, okay. Okay. If that's correct, okay. Give me that water then. I like it. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with God forever. I think everybody says yes. That's a that's a very nice future. As Sue is delighted by the words of Jesus, by the gospel, and by the Holy Spirit, she gets first. She becomes thirsty. She wants to drink. She gets roots. Roots to the hidden Jesus. What well, he is hidden for her. But, but he is revealing him, himself. She will know him. She is becoming to know him. And to love him. And then Jesus puts the water can aside, he, he put it down, and then he takes an other water can, Kelvin says. And on that water can is written, sin. Sin. Yes. Jesus is making her roots longer because she has to become thirsty to the righteousness of Christ. That's the difference, congregation. To be thirsty to God, to to be homesick, we say, to God. Desiring to God, the direction of God. But more is necessary. You have to become thirsty to his son Jesus, to his work. He's the, the beloved son, the begotten son, but in particular, particular the redeemer, the salvator. And that's why we have to become thirsty to him. And that's why Jesus is is asking her about her husband. Get your husband. 
woman says, I have no husband. She, want, she wants to hide her sinful life. Maybe you recognize that, that you want to hide your sins. Oh no, I, I, I will not reveal them. I will not confess them. I will, I'm so ashamed because of that. But the Lord says, tell me what you have done. And then Jesus said, that's right. You had five men in the past. And the man who is now in your house is not your husband. And then you see, you, you observe that that woman is becoming thirsty to Jesus. She desires to be cleansed, to become clean. You can read it. She is asking for the mediator. She is asking for the beloved Christ. She asked, do you know when he will come? You are a prophet. And then there's the answer of the Lord. I am. I am. And that's the moment she's drinking of the living water. Then she goes back and she tells the people. We read in the scripture, she went away into the city and said to the, said to the man, Come see a man which taught me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Did you do it already? Did you also confess? I am declined to all evil. I'm guilty. And I deserve punishment because in God is only justice. Congregation may now have seen the place where does the palm tree grow? Where we have observed the source, where does the palm tree get its water, food? We now want to focus on the upward growth. That's also a secret of the palm tree. It's a very special manner of growing. It's miraculous. In our country, I think also here in Canada, we don't find palm trees in the nature. And, and, and we see trees growing. First they are small and thin, and then they, they will become higher and also much bigger. But that's not the case when we speak about a palm tree. A palm tree is only growing upwards. When it has a, a size, then, then it's only going upwards. 
growing upwards. It does not make any side branches. You see, there are only uh, branches in the top. The trunk is scaly and made up of all the leaf bases. There are the least bits of broken off or severed branches. And above them, new branches grow again, making the crown rise ever higher. What's the lesson? What's the lesson? I hope you will say, I know, I know. That's exactly what, what John the Baptist says about Jesus and about himself. He, he has to increase and I have to decrease. Yeah, that's right. That's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of the gospel. He has to decrease. And I have to decrease. That's to get water from Jesus. Living water. That's how I can grow. That's a way of dying. Yeah, you already read it in uh, Lord's Day 5 of the Catechism that the Lord will not be satisfied by, by my good works. No. No. Can we ourselves then make this satisfaction answer by no means? But on the contrary, we daily increase our debt. So we have to know the only name, and that's one name, given under heaven, under the people. What sort of a mediator and deliverer then must we seek for? Answer for one who is very man and perfectly righteous, and yet more powerful than all creatures, that is one who is also very God. And then in the, the next Lord Sunday, there's the question, who then is that mediator? Who is in one person both very God and a real righteous man? Answer, our Lord Jesus Christ who of God is made unto is wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That in my person, in my body, in my soul. And that's still the way we have to go as a Christian. It's what you read in Lord's Day 30, 34. Uh, 33. Excuse me. The question is of how many parts does the true conversion of man consists? And then is the answer of two parts. Of the mortification of the old, mortification of the old, to be crucified, Paul said. Yeah, I will also be crucified, but not to pay for my debts. No, that, not that, but to follow the Lord Jesus. The modification of the old 
and the quickening of the new man. Then the question is, what is that? Mortification of the old man? Answer, it is a sincere sorrow of heart that we have provoked God by our sins and more and more to hate and flee from them. Mortification. But also there's a quickening. What's the quickening of the new man standing up? It's a sincere joy of heart in God to Christ and with love and delight to live according to the will of God in all good works. And the Lord is using also the burden of the fruits in the palm tree. That's, that's, that's a heavy burden for the palm tree. It's nearly 50 kilogram and it's a date. A date uh, palm. And, and and that makes it very heavy, the crown very heavy. But it's so useful because of that burden. The roots are going deeper and deeper. That's why you see that the palm tree can stand up, although there was a very, a very strong storm, like Florida, uh, you see regularly. Deep roots gives also that the palm tree can be steady. Uh, yeah, yeah it is, it's, it's, it's uh, told to me, I've read it, that, that sometimes they place a stone in the crown of the palm tree to encourage that process of getting long roots. A stone in the crown. The Lord will give stones in our life, in the life of the Christian. It's helpful for the Christian to suffer oppression. Yes, it's helpful, it's useful. We read in James, in his letter, my brethren, Count it all joy when he fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, in that case, in this context... Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. It's the same what we read in, in the letter to the Romans. Paul writes in chapter 5, We glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. And, and you can read it. What, what the result is. What the fruit of that is. In chapter 8 of the letter to the Romans. Then, 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 then Paul began singing. Singing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall it tribulation or distress or persecution or famine? or nakedness, or peril, or sword, 
as it is written, for they say we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then he continues, I'm persuaded that neither death, death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor hate, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why tribulation in your body or, or spirituality is useful, is needed, is necessary. Because the Lord will use that. That you will not look upon the things around you. That you will not depend on this life on earth. That you will not depend on people. But that you will lift your eyes upon Him and that you will expect all the things that are needed for for this life on earth and for the eternal life will be given by him that he is your great helper that's why it's so necessary and that you will learn every day I'm a pilgrim I'm not home that's why the Lord gives you sorrow I read in a book of I don't know how to pronounce Augustinus Augustinus we say in Dutch Augustinus that the Lord is putting things you do not like to your food so that the food is not very nice you will eat because you're not home you're not in your fatherland the fatherland is is above is with Emmanuel that's why the Lord says you will get disease you will become sick you have sorrow till my son will come back now our final thought the fruits congregation the fruit of the palm tree yeah it's it's very functional a palm tree it can produce about 50 kilograms I read the date palm 50 kilograms of fruit and I've read in a sermon of uh, Spurgeon he told me told us that a palm tree can be used for 360 things. For oil, for butter, for tannic, for sugar, and so on. Very useful, functional. And that's also what you can say about a real Christian. Paul says about Onesimus... He was once useless to us, useless, but now it has become useful. He has become useful for us. It's the secret of the transplantation about which the poet is speaking. You can read it in, in the Psalm 92, in the Sabbath Psalm, 
Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It's, it's if the picture is changed, you, you get a new part of the picture. The palm tree is put in the temple. The palm tree suddenly is there in the house of God. Palm tree, the Christian, is a servant of the Lord. He, he became a servant. Uh, dear congregation, that's the first thing that the Apostle Paul is saying, is praying. When Lord Jesus is revealed to him uh, in front of the gate, Damascus, uh, he says, he asks, what Shall I do? What have I to do? What are you willing, O oh Lord? Then I'm not willing anymore what, what I desires, what my, my sinful heart desires, but what God wants that I will do. In, in the regeneration, you can read it in the canons of thought. There's an article about this. It's, it's explained. You get a new willing. You are willing what God asks. And that is living in, in, in the paths. It's walking in the paths. He, he showed us in his words in, in the Bible. Uh, that's listening to the commandments. That's obeying him. That's saying no, no to, to a sinful desire. That's fighting against the enemies, against the devil, against the sinful world, against my evil heart. Yeah, that still exists. That's the, and the old part of a, of a reborn man or woman. I want... To serve the Lord. <laughs> I go back to the, to, to the shoemaker. Who's repairing shoes. I'm traveling. And on the way, I'm doing the job the Lord gave to me. I'm on the way. On the way. And doing what he gives me to do. We, we read in, in, in the Bible about... A fruitful life. It's now time, but I can explain that later in another sermon. But uh, read, for example, James. He he teaches about that. Faith is connected with works. You can't have the faith without the works. It's also what Jesus is teaching us. Doing the good things, to, to give water to the thirsty, to give clothes for who, who, who has no clothes, who's naked, that's visiting prisoners, and so on. That's doing the works for him. We will finish. They shall bring forth fruit also when they become, an, become older. In old age we read, they shall be fat and flourishing. 
May I ask in particular the, the old, old people here? Are you that? Are you a person, a grandfather, maybe a grandmother, or, or a single person, an older person, that may be a servant of the Lord? And may you then say, He's my rock, He's my rock, He's my rock. The end of the psalm. To see, show that the Lord is upright. He's my rock. And there's no righteousness in him. If that is the case, then you, you may that proclaim. You may sing about it forever. And you will say to him in heaven, you are my rock. You became my rock. And he, in thee is no unrighteousness. In thee is no wrong. In thee, in thee is only goodness. Amen.